Welcome to GRIT, the Real Estate Growth Mindset Podcast, hosted by Brian Charlesworth, founder of Sisu. Sisu provides growth automation software for real estate. You'll hear stories from real estate thought and technology leaders, team owners, and brokers on how they grew their business in a rapidly changing industry. You'll learn how to transform your brokerage and teams into a high-performing and analytics-driven business so you have a new, durable, competitive advantage against disruption in your market. So let's get right into it. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Grit Podcast. I'm Brian Charlesworth. I'm the founder of Sisu and the host of the show. And today, I think I've been trying to get Steve on here for a few months now. So I have (laughs) Steve LaViaga with me. And, uh, you know, most people, I don't think, know how to pronounce your last name, Steve. So I'm going to say that again. D. Laviaga. I, just, I had that's, to ask you to know how to pronounce it. So that's actually uh, very good. <laughs> so Steve has a phenomenal background. He's been a national sales manager over at Fidelity Title for at FNF for I don't know about a decade, I believe. And now Steve created a company called Rise in the real estate industry, which is really doing real estate consulting, which stands for Real Intelligent Sales Engagement. And, you know, I just, geez, I I think I met you probably six months ago now, Steve. And one of the things that impresses me most is that you guys, you really work with all the top teams, right? I mean, you have a way of attracting those top producing teams. And I have a lot of respect for that. That's uh, something that, you know, there's a reason these guys are attracted to you. So I've done a little research. I've talked to some of the people at Fidelity. Everyone at Fidelity, I think, I think you have a very good reputation there. Everyone seems to love you. But the thing I hear most about you is that you are a deal maker. So anyway, I'm going to turn it over to you. I'm sure I've missed a lot. Steve, maybe you could give us a little bit more about your background. Well, thank you, sir, Brian. I had to be here. And good color, actually. It was very good color. And, um, you know, I love my time at FNF. I love the people most of all. I got the great privilege to work at the executive level with... Randy Quirk, our CEO, Roger Jukes, Ray Marine, JJ, our guys that lived up top. But I also got to play every day in the field. So the bridge between Wall Street and Main Street was a little bit of my role, and I loved the job. But I was also traveled out. I was also, being honest, when you get that big, and FNF's doing 43% of everything that happens in America, yeah, you've got to be a little bit on defense. You've got to be a little bit more of a ship's captain, less of a boat builder. And the truth was, I am very much, I like to build. I want to be on offense. I don't want to be on defense. And so starting my own firm allowed me to be aggressive in the spaces that I thought were important. And you kind of alluded to it. Number one, I think real estate, it's a 95-5 deal. The elite teams in this space are growing at the fastest rate teams have ever grown in the history of the real estate space. They're getting bigger than ever before. They're being run like businesses. So for our firm and myself, that's where I'm most comfortable playing. I'm not good with single agents or new agents. It's not something we work with. It's not something I have a passion for. There's nothing wrong with it. There's a lot of great single agents out there. But the truth is that job is getting harder. And it's going to continue to get harder because of the amount of money, business acumen, systems, models, tactics, and strategies being used by elite teams. That is a true business. And you and I, your software is unfair advantage there, right? I mean, these teams have a total unfair advantage over a single agent. 
it's it's uh, more and more difficult for them to compete. Steve, one thing I want to point out before we dive into that, you as the national sales manager at Fidelity, I don't think people understand what that means. I think a lot of people think of that as, okay, we're selling title. But as I have learned more about Fidelity, and we are actually are in a working relationship with them, testing some things right now, as I've learned about the way their sales team runs, they are pretty much consultants to the real estate industry, consulting and advising them even around technology things such as seeing, real geeks, uh, real geeks, real geeks sky slope. slope, right? So, so much so that FNF bought those three companies so they could go out and share that with the real estate world because wanting to add value to the real estate world. So, you don't come like, this is not something new to you bringing value to real estate companies. You've been doing it for the last decade. I had the uh, great privilege to have 3,600 sales executives dotted line up to me, 210 sales managers, 165,000 resale transactions a month. And we were very much about how could we add value where we could save our realtor partner time, save them money or generate new business. If it didn't touch one of those three things, we didn't deal with it. And I think, you know, one of the great things about that is you learn how to help people save time, save money and grow. And hence the name of the podcast, Brahan, because if you growth is attractive, people are attracted to growth. It creates expansion. It creates new networks. It creates more people wanting to be recruited to your network. All growth is the whole piece. When you stop wanting to grow, all of a sudden now everything gets tougher for you in your business. Real estate is binary, Brian. There is no staying in place. Either you are moving backwards or you're moving forward. So for my world, I made sure that on the sales side, we were always thinking about how would you acquire a better customer base? How would you acquire uh, or help organically grow your current customer base? But it was always about growth. And the great thing about what we do at Rise is 511 teams, 23 markets, 41 high-end boutique what I call purchase lender partners, six best-in-class technologies, CSU being one of them. We only find the best-in-class in every market, and that's what we focus on. Real estate, lending, title, tech, that's it. We don't want to play with the thousands of groups that, quite frankly, have no chance of winning the race. We're very focused on the best. And the best, you know, there's a big gap. And unfortunately, especially in real estate, you get a, you know, you spend four days taking a test, you get a C minus and you expect to make a hundred thousand dollars. It's not that easy. And, right. and the reality is our bigger teams, as you know, are getting bigger and they're getting better. Yeah. And for me, you know, I, I just wasn't keen to keep doing, I love F and F, but they got to be on defense. Sometimes they can't talk in some places like California. You can't talk about tech or consult or those things because that's not title insurance. You're only allowed to speak on actual title insurance. And as you know, that's not really sexy to anybody, to yeah. be honest. Yeah, I mean, what you're saying, Steve, just rings a bell. Like these teams, the power that they have right now. I mean, I remember five, six years ago going to a bunch of masterminds with what then were the top teams. And they were all talking about, you know, doing, getting to a hundred million in closed volume. Right. So, that's old news, guys. Like there are, I know on CSU, we have hundreds of teams doing over a hundred million in volume. Like they're long past that. We have a team doing 2.5 billion in cells, which is just amazing. So you talk about just how large these are and it's, 
and just all the systems they're using, it is such an unfair advantage. I do want to go back to this though, Steve, you mentioned in real estate, if we're, you know, if we're not going forward, we're going backwards. If we're not growing, then we're, we're not happy. All these things. I love the way you were saying that the whole time you were saying it, I was like, this is absolute truth for life as well. Not just for real estate, but for life, right? I mean, if you're not growing, you're not happy. Well, I think, again, we look at, you know, you look at all these EXP, Real, even Keller Williams now with the expansion, they look for influence, but then people will join things and think they're going to be influential, Brian, but then their business shrinks because they focus now on being recruiters or whatever. The truth is the attractive part of the business is your real estate production growth. When that grows, everything else gets better. So every decision I make at Rise, I ask people, are you trying to be a boat builder or a ship's captain? I have no interest in working with ship's captains. You want to maintain, stay where you are, stay the status quo. I am not your guy. And I don't want to have those people in my boat. I don't want to have those people as my customers. I don't want to have those people in my network. I want people that are like, we're trying to break the boat. We're trying to go as fast as we can go. It's all offense, Steve. How do we do that? Those are the partners that we choose to partner with. And that's a fun ride because every day you get up, you're like, we got to go this way, right? Ship's going north. Come with us or throw a rock at it. Either way, it's going. And that kind of mentality mindset creates attraction. We've grown 1,100% in the last nine months. It's because the people around us are like, hey, you should get on this thing. You should get on this thing. You should get on this thing. And now that's what happens when you grow. Yes. So tell me, how did you come up with Rice? I mean, how, how long <laughs> right now? I mean, you guys are new to this space and just uh, Two years, uh, seem to be taking off. So tell us more about how did this come about? Well, you made a good point earlier. At Fidelity, I had a national mastermind with 250 of the biggest teams in America. We were always consulting on the B2B piece. I, I believe that is the future of ancillary business period. And then um, when I decided to go on my own, FNF and I worked out a strategic exit agreement where everybody was safe and no one got hurt. And it allowed me to get some runway to build into what I wanted, which was how do I take just the best operators in every market? So we take Phoenix or Utah and we say, okay, I want 20 of the best teams in the whole market. Then I went to lead providers, Realtor.com, Realtee.com, Ojo Labs, Bovodo, Prime Seller Leads, Prime Street, Agent Finder. And I said, hey, I have this great group of teams. Give me the leads you're giving these other agents and my teams will close them more. Now, in the beginning, it was a bet. I hoped it would work, but I wasn't sure. Yeah. Turns out we're closing at about a 4.8 times better rate than the average agent network. We're the largest closing network partner for Realtor.com, Realty.com, and Ojo Labs in the United States with only 511 teams because so our teams are why, just better. Steve, I need to know why. Like, why okay. are your teams? Three, 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 simple, three simple things. Number one, you have to have accountability to speed because all of the leads... The consumer thinks just like they do about Uber, about Amazon, about whatever, right? It doesn't matter. So when a lead comes in, if you don't have a team of speed, not everybody should be on every lead. You've got teams of 5, 10, 15, 20. But if you say, yes, I can take a lead, the speed to that lead, 78% of the time, they talk to the first person that answers the phone and talks to them. So speed first. Number two, accountability. Every Friday, our teams hold huddles 
with the scorecard that we give them that tells them whether they are getting an A, a C, or an F, but there is no hiding. You're either green, yellow, or red, but you're never, ever, I don't know what I'm doing. I think I'm okay. I'm not sure. No one does that. So B's, right? B's don't exist with you. You're either an well, A, C, or an F. Well, here's what happens. If you're a C, you better be trying to be an A. Yeah. And if you're an F, you are auditioning to go waste someone else's time, money, and coaching platform because you can't stay on ours. And if you're an A, you're like, how many A's are there better than me? The key is always better, right? So speed, accountability, and then a willingness to learn. Remember, all of these lead platforms are the same. They're all building towards that Amazon Uber model of consumer experience, consumer inquiry, speed, communication, rapport, answer, then follow up. The fortune's in the follow-up in this business always. So when we have that data science taught, that algorithm taught, our agents that get it go, oh, I get it now. And then they pour into it. That's the key. Okay, so you have these relationships with these, obviously these are the, the power lead providers in the industry, at least many of them. Tell me more about that. How does that work? If I'm a team owner and I want to work with you, what's the benefit to working with you? So I explained to them that I went to all of the large open ecosystems, which is what I named Realty, Realtor, et cetera, that kind of thing, right? I went to them and said, hey, I'm going to provide the best platform for these people to close your lead. Remember, they only get paid now, Brian, on what they close, right? Realtor.com, they're all going to that model of 35%. And they used to go to the broker, Brian, and say, oh, I'm going to go to the broker. The broker says, great, I got five agents you can give leads to. He picks the agents on a 50-50 split who aren't very good, who don't have a system, a model, or a team. Well, I said, hold on, go to my network. I've got 25 of the biggest teams in the state of Arizona who will attack your leads with the veracity and a tenaciousness you've not seen. Turns out I was right because our teams are the best. So now these lead providers go, hey, Steve, who do you have in Texas? Who do you have in Utah? And I'm like, well, I got Spring Benson. She's amazing. Well, we, and then Spring's like, I'll take as many leads as you can bring me. Now, all of a sudden, they're figuring out, man, the it's not more agents means more closings. The better the agent, the better the closing number. You got to go vertical, not wide. So yeah. now you guys, and you see it at CSU, your agents can all handle more leads because they have systems, models, accountability, tracking. Shoot, they're like, hey, bring as many as you want. I got a whole system I can manage it to. Yeah. That is, for me, what I've sold my lead providers on. And now they're addicted to it. I'm on the board for Realtor.com. I'm on the board for Ojo. I'm now part of what I call the lead discussion to say, this is how we have to do it to get more closings. And the scores and the results are on the board. They're not static. They're not maybe. They're fact. And the truth is, RISE teaches the data science and algorithm and then brings the relationship to bear that you do it. And we also, a public scoreboard, Brian, and you live in this because CSU is this. A public scoreboard means there's no hiding. You know what our conversation is? Brian, you're a B. You need to be an A. These are the three things you don't do well. It's all right here in black and white. If there's any problems, let me know. We'll talk next week. These three things got to be better. Great. Any questions? Boom. Instead of, how you doing, Brian? Is everything okay? Oh, the leads suck? I'm sorry. Wow, this is a... None of that. That, that, doesn't, that doesn't help anybody, right? Be accountable to the process and business of real estate. And real estate, while well, it's been hurt, it had lack of accountability for years. Now, things like CSU, CRMs, this new, what I call Uber, Amazon model of how the consumer wants to be engaged 
it's complete accountability and you got to be in on it. Yes. Okay. So one of the things you talked about is these lead providers all moving to the 35%. I remember when a referral fee was 25%. (laughs) Yeah. And I think it still is among agents, but if you want to play with these big boys, you're going to give them 35%. So, you know, it's interesting. They're actually becoming some of the largest brokerages in the country very quickly by doing this. So I think that all started, my recollection is, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, Op City kind of started that. And uh, when realtor.com bought Op City, they adopted that model. I now see Zillow moving to that model. Is realty.com moving to that model as well? Not yet. And I think with your hit on the head, Zillow's already there. Ben Rubenstein, the founder of Op City, who's now the CRO of all of realtor.com, they're passionate about this. And if you saw the earnings report that came out, Realtor.com beat Zillow in terms of growth 25% to 4%. So that model is working. And yeah. they, again, the difference is Zillow is a closed ecosystem. They're a broker. They've got title and mortgage and things. They're kind of trying to do their own closed ecosystem. Ben and Realtor.com, which are the groups I work with, are open ecosystems in that, hey, here are the leads. I'll take the best agent regardless of brokerage. I'll take the best lender regardless of I'll take the best title company. They're looking for that open best in class ecosystem, which makes sense. I do think, Brian, in the future, 50% of a good team or agent's business will be referral partner based. Look at what Rocket Homes and Rocket Mortgage is doing. Every major lender, USAA, Cardis, Realtor.com, Zillow. Now watch, Amazon now with Realogy has a program and there it's going to, and they'll evolve out of Realogy as my guess and move into more of a national open ecosystem, best in class partnership, but they've got the consumer and they're going to charge for it. But that's okay because you're only paying for success, right? Yes. You're paying for success. Now, you know what's and, funny? I mean, you're, and I, I think that's something that so many people push back on and fight against. But I mean, the reality is like, if, if you need to spend $30,000 a month to generate the leads and you no longer need to do that because you're giving them a split, there's nothing wrong with that, right? I mean, you're growing at a rate you've never been able to grow, which you've emphasized so much. You're growing at a rate that you would never have been able to grow. I mean, these teams now that are doing a billion dollars in closed volume, I mean, again, the, the mark used to be $100 million. The mark is yeah. now billion, right? Everyone to a billion. So that just keeps moving up. And it's because of the systems you're talking about, the leads, the, you know, everything like that. So and, and remember this too, Brian, these are not like a form fill lead. They're not a Google PPC lead. These are a live consumer on the phone being warm transferred live with the ISA and to the agent. The future is going to be Uber. I'm on the phone. I'd like to talk to a realtor. Yes, ma'am. Our top partner is, oh, Spring Benson out of Utah. Click, connects it to Spring, and they're talking within seconds. If you're not available that way, it'll say, oh, Spring's not available. Go to Jared. Jared's not available. Go to Tina. So someone's going to be available, and there's a fee for that ISA, that consumer relationship. They give Spring credibility, and she's talking to someone that she didn't pay for, didn't source, doesn't know. Now, here's the great thing in Rise. 67% of my 511 teams have already gotten a 100% referral from something they've closed in the program. So 
once I make that customer mine, I put them in my CRM, I use my CSU, I do my thing. Now I'm going to make that customer. Oh, you love Utah. It's awesome. Yeah, we do too. Well, your parents think about coming. Can I help them? Now, all of a sudden, you're doing your job as a realtor by having a great consumer experience, building rapport, and then asking for the referral. Well, that's what's happening. So now your cost to acquire those other customers is zero because you did a good job with that one. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So anything else before we move forward, Steve, anything else that you would like to share regarding Rise and what you guys are doing there? No, I just think it's, it's a very, it's a, it's a great membership, man. It's an exclusive membership. We only want to work with the best in class. And I'm proud to say that we have the number one elite team network in the United States. And we've been doing this for under two years. So if you want to be great, you want to be part of our mastermind series, you want to be, understand our algorithm and coaching sciences, it's 300 bucks a month. And I give you hundred percent money back guarantee and we don't write too many checks. So I'd love to have you. Yeah. And that's how we came across each other because we also work with the top teams and we have a lot of overlap in our, in our business. Yes, we do. So, all right. Well, let's talk about the crystal ball because you mentioned this to me before we got started today. And I'd love to get your thoughts on where this industry is going. And when I say this industry, this industry is so much more than just real estate, right? Uh, you come from the title world. You just mentioned the mortgage world. You know, we've got all these things happening. You're talking about Uber and this client experience that's changing. And that's where I personally think the biggest change is happening is what is going to be that client experience. But I'd love to get your thoughts on what changes are happening and where you see us ending up in the next, you know, three to five years. Well, let's talk a little about what you just outlined, which is important. I believe over the next 12 to 24 months, you're going to see a huge influx of the most influential teams owning businesses that are core and ancillary to real estate, title, mortgage, insurance, home services. You're going to see platforms where the elite teams are owners of these businesses. And that revenue from that ownership of ancillary will be more or more significant than anything else they're doing in their day-to-day -day business. They still got to have their hub or heartbeat, which is their real estate business, but they don't have to have more time or more expense to now be an owner in a title insurance business and drive business to title just like you did. Same thing in mortgage, same thing in insurance, same thing in home warranty. Now you've got four lines of business that just on your building rapport, trust and recommendation, hey, listen, we should. I really love this lender. I'm partners with them as well. Why don't we give them a look? They do a great race. They take care of people. Oh, this title I've kind of known the escrow officer for years. They're great. We love them. Oh, we've got, you know, this whole, your, your handyman. This is your guy, Jim. He's amazing. He does all my homes. People want that, Brian. They don't want to go. You, you, once you say you're looking at a mortgage, you know what happens to your phone, to your computer? You get bombarded with people. Everybody's got a rate or a thing or this. I just want to know who can I trust and who's good. And when I get that from my realtor, who I'm already trusting, who I'm already in business with, who I already know, look at what the builders have done. Their, their capture rates on title and mortgage is north of 80%. Right Now, Zillow and Open Door haven't figured this out yet because, and I, as much as I respect them as businesses, they don't understand it's about the people. The model is irrelevant and secondary. It's about the people. If you get great people involved in your ancillary, you can have one of the greatest platforms ever. But without the people, 
if the consumer has a bad title experience or a bad mortgage experience, they blame you, the realtor. That's the fact. So you're going to see people of influence getting paid and having ownership in all of the ancillary. And that's going to be the fastest growing trend starting January of 2022 that you're going to see across the U.S. Number two, I think you're going to see really big players get in real estate. Amazon, Facebook, Google get in the business of real estate differently than they are now. And that experience is going to matter. And you may even see groups like Netflix and Uber go ahead and give a shot at being in real estate. Yeah. So why do you think everyone's attracted to real estate? I mean, you look at <sighs> Amazon, Facebook, and Google getting into real estate and you think, why real estate? But you look at what companies like Zillow and Realtor.com have done. And like you said, these guys, these guys have access to more consumers than anybody else, right? I mean, I know in my business, you just mentioned to, you know, the only place where we spend money marketing is Facebook and Google, right? So, 100%. I mean, they really dominate that world. So if they chose to compete with others doing marketing in that space, it's going to be, it's going to be a real interesting thing to see how that plays out. If you've been enjoying Grit, please help us continue to grow the channel by leaving a five-star review and sharing it with a friend. Now back to Grit. You're going to see, there's the reality. Zillow and Realtor.com are babies, are specs compared to Google, Facebook, Amazon, right? They'll just get acquired into one of them who wants the platform, but their consumer reach is so much more. So the question becomes, okay, now we know this. We give the consumer a faster experience. We give them more consistent one. We give them one that is built around best in class. If that can happen, and then I go to Amazon who has the consumer, they're not debating. They have the consumer. Facebook has the consumer. Yes. But now I put a real estate button on there and I say, search, find our preferred Facebook VIP team in you know Scottsdale, Arizona, Gilbert, Arizona. When that happens, you're gonna see the world shift again. And the truth is, you're gonna say what you people like, oh, Uber doesn't make any money. Uber has changed forever. The transportation industry changed yeah. forever. Tesla has changed forever. The automobile industry. Yes. Period, right? Here's why everybody's in it, Brian. It's a $10 trillion vertical market that is still disjointed, confusing, and frustrating. Yes. Still, to this day, it's still all this money has tried to get in it the last two years. And is it more confusing or less? It's more confusing. But you're seeing some trends, speed, national networks of teams. You must have systems and models behind you. You must have scripting and coaching behind you. But it's still confusing because it's done differently. You could take C21 or EXP or Real or Keller Williams and everybody does it different in every market. There's no consistent consumer experience. Well, more and more groups are trying to move to that. And I'll tell you, watch out for Keller Williams. Watch out for where they come from in this, who've been getting beat up a little bit the last year and a half. My instinct is they're going to be coming with some ways in which their agents can compete at a better level. It'll be fun to watch. Yeah, they're definitely going to make some waves here in the coming months, in my opinion. So, Agreed. Uh, so, you know, speaking of Keller Williams, Keller Williams was really the entity due to Gary's, you know, MREA book, Millionaire Real Estate Agent, that I think he wrote in 2003. 
And that's kind of when the team came around, right? Gary taught people, you can make a million dollars. You can net a million dollars. This is how you do it, right? And that's where when these realtors said, hey, you know, I don't need to sell everything myself. I can go build a business that I can then turn around and hire someone to run. And maybe I don't net a million if I have someone running it. Maybe I net half a million, but still he's given them a path. And from that, all these team owners have come in that have now, like you said, they're running a business like a business, which is why you and I have like latched on and said, Hey, we want to help you be even more efficient. Correct. And so like, what's your opinion of that? Like if I look at companies like compass, all their brokerages are teams. If I look at just some others like Siding, who's getting a lot of attention right now and, you know, in the financial markets, you know, all their brokerages are teams. If you look at EXP and Real, they're going after teams. So it's going to be interesting for me to see, like, what's your thoughts on the traditional brokerage and how do they make that migration to where they start running their business more like a team? Because I, I personally believe they have to do that to really survive. If you look at all the independent brokerages out there, and we work with a lot of them, they run their business like a team. Correct. And I think that's very astute, Brian, what you've laid out. And remember, real estate's geography-based, right? Like you and I both know, as you go east, you still got brokers who have lots of juice, who run their business as well, who have make a lot of money and have, offer a lot of services to their agents. But as you come west, the agent dominates the influence on the broker side, right? That's why you've got the realty ones and the home smarts and all the pay little, get little models because the agent just, nope, less, 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 less. I think what you're going to find is the brokerage that figures out how to give ancillary business revenue to the agent, not at the broker level. See, all these brokers miss it. They want to own the title or mortgage or insurance company and keep the money up here, even though all the influence and choice is made down here. The yeah. math doesn't work. Mm-hmm. You've got to find a way to create all the ancillary and give all the profit or the vast majority of it down here to the influencers. The brokerage that figures that out, that's where it's hard for a compass because they're public and trying to make a dollar. Hard for open doors and Zillows. They're not going to give the money down there. They're going to leverage their leads to get guys to give them stuff. But the brokerage that figures out, I'm going to create a platform that I can pay all of these elite teams and influential agents, uh, an actual ownership share to be in this and deliver 95% of the profit down. The group that does that is the group you better watch for in the future. Yeah, it's going to be, I think, I think part of the reason they haven't figured that out. I think uh, to your point, there's been a, maybe a misconception as far as them feeling like they actually controlled where that went because it is the controls that. But then you have these complexities of dealing with RESPA and all the guidelines to how you're going to structure that business and how, you know, you can't base that business based off of percentage, based off of percentage of revenue coming your way. It has to be based off of percentage of ownership. And there's just so many complexities in that. So like, how do you, do you think these brokerages are going to be able to figure that out? Uh, I do think someone will figure it out. And I think like you say, it's an ownership stake based on two or three year production levels, right? And you say, I'm willing to bet on you at this level. And you can assess that stake annually or maybe semi-annually, but that's it. And at the end of the day, those are the ones that are going to work. Because, you know, what people don't understand is, I know when I was at Fidelity, I'll fight for that 100% title money, right? 
our mortgage companies are fighting, but they're also a little scared because they all can feel the shift. And there are markets where the JV model has gotten very popular and very successful. And once that cat's out of bag, there's no putting it back. It only will get bigger. Yeah. Just like, you know, this, like, just, remember when you and I were talking, remember when CRM was like a, people didn't know what it meant five years ago in real estate? <laughs> yeah. What's that? Why do yeah. I need that? Well, and I, honestly, have, I, I use Outlook. I use my phone. That's what people would say back to you. Yeah. And, and still to this day, a CRM in real estate is much different than a CRM, you know, in a software business, right? Like, oh, yeah. The things that a CRM does in real estate is your, it's your IDX website, right? It's the place where people can come and browse and view the MLS and you're their provider and you're their access to the MLS. And now they're registering on your site so that you can follow up with them and they become a lead. And now you drip campaign and all that kind of stuff, right? So anyway, it's, it's really interesting. You just hit on something, Steve, that I would love to drill down in further. And that's compensation. Like, People have been fighting for the last 10 years, I think, to say, you know what? The realtor is charging too much. I mean, the real, the real estate agent has been attacked. There's no doubt they've been under attack. And that's created a lot of fear. And a lot of people thought we're going to eliminate the agent. A lot of people came into this business with the focus to eliminate the agent. You said it's a people business. The agent is not going away. I think the companies that came in with that understanding, for the most part, have realized that they need the agent. So they're either partnering with the real estate teams like you and I are, right? Or they're not partnering with the solo agents. They're not partnering with the brokerages. They're partnering with the teams or the brokerages that run like a team. And now you have, like you mentioned mortgage. I mean, mortgage hasn't really come under attack for those BIPs that they're charging, right? But What's going to happen? Like, it's, it's going to be interesting. I mean, I, there's been an attack. I think a lot of people have said, hey, the realtor is going to end up working on salary. Well, I think the low producing realtors are working on salary for some of those companies who have tried to eliminate them. But it's actually made some of these higher producers and business minded people accelerate even faster. So like, what's your vision of real estate, mortgage, title, how those fees change over the next five years? Well, mortgage got their comeuppance after the 2008-2009 debacle, right? You have to be licensed now. You have to be, you know, training classes. You have to be transparent. You have to show what the money is. So that they got kind of their cleansing then. The largest 40 to 50% of the cost of a real estate transaction is in the realtor commission. That's why people attack it. Now, price is only an issue in the absence of value. The realtors that explain value to them, what is it, what is it worth for my years of experience, my knowledge? If I help you buy a property, right? It always, it always makes me crazy, Brian. I had a friend who was getting knee surgery, little meniscus tear, nothing big, out four weeks, walking after that. He interviewed five doctors for a 60-minute surgery. Then he let his friend's sister's cousin sell his house who does four deals a year. It's a million four house. I said, I don't understand the mindset. See, realtors that explain, you're buying me for my ability to negotiate, my knowledge, my advice. Not information. You can get that for free anywhere. Knowledge, ability to negotiate, and advice. Okay? And then what you're going to see with these bundled services of influence when that realtor says, and here's our mortgage company, 
because I've interviewed everybody and they're the best. And that's who I work with and use and own. Here's our title company. They handle all of our closings. Here are the fees to the consumer. When they start doing a net sheet that shows them, here's what it is when you close with Spring Benson, Brett Tanner, you know, Cody Gibson, it says, oh, the consumer saved $3,200 on a $440,000 transaction that would normally cost them $38,000, now only cost them $34,200. They're going to start showing that. And then you know what people are going to say? I don't even know what the real estate commission was, but the whole transaction cost me less because I got a $4,000 rebate on mortgage. No one ever asks you what the, what the commission is for the, for the builder, right? You go in, you buy the house, they go, here's all your stuff. Here's your credit for using our lender. Here's your credit for using our closing company. And we all just pay it and that's it. You're going to see really this. about It's really about the net, right? If I'm a seller, what am I putting net. in my pocket? If I'm a buyer, how am I negotiating the best price? That's, Consumers that's don't really understand money anyway. I just want to know what's my, what am I paying out here? And then show it to me like the way Sisu, I love Sisu's dashboard. I can look at it in 30 seconds and go, good, good, oh, red, bad, good, good. Focus on this. I can do all that in 30. If I just got a net sheet that said, Steve, here's your cost working with, you know, Caldwell Baker, 38,000, 37,000. Here's your cost at Keller Williams, 32,400 for the whole thing. I go, oh, okay, cool. I'm saving money. That's all I need to see. I don't need to hear what this point and that point. I, I, nope, got it. Okay, perfect. And you're going to see that, Brian, more and more, especially as these JV platforms get bigger, you're going yeah. to see that consumer experience matter. So, you know, I think it's really interesting as you look at the way that there's so much power in the mortgage industry and such big companies and there's so much money in that business. I think... As I look at this, though, the, the key thing that you've said here that I just want to key in on a little bit, the realtor is the first one in the transaction and they are determining and it's going to become even more like this. They are determining who the mortgage company is going to be, who the title company is going to be. And granted, we all know with RESPA, the client needs to be able to choose, right? But they're choosing whoever that real estate team advises them they should use, right? I mean, in not all cases, but in a lot of cases. And, uh, you're right, we actually have teams looking at CSU and saying, oh, this is the percentage of business that's going to our preferred lenders or our preferred title company or, you know, that kind of stuff. But how important is that to the future of the industry? Because like, you've got a lot of play happening here with both just title companies and mortgage companies going after a lot of the same stuff, um, you know, wanting to be there first. And mortgage has been extremely successful because you, you mentioned somebody like Rocket Mortgage, you know, Rocket Mortgage generates their own leads because they've been primarily refi focused, but that's going to change as well as interest rates rise. So uh, what are your thoughts around that? Mortgage is racing very quickly to get to the purchase side of the transaction. It is a fool's errand to think you're going to unseat realtors for ancillary business influence. It's a fool's errand. The amount of money that would have to be spent to find a consumer portal, mortgage-based, that people would go there first before they'd go figure out their house. It's, it doesn't make sense. It won't work. And I've watched people try it and fail. And to your point, the best at it's Rocket Mortgage, and they've gone to Rocket Home, where they have a 
home portal, but let's be honest, it, it doesn't not anywhere close to Realtor or Zillow or any of those. And they're smart because they can use that in a partnership play with their other realtors and their open ecosystem and they play with everybody. But the realtor is going to continue and, and Brian, the influential ones are going to end up with more influence than they ever thought they'd have. Because if they do their research and pick the right platform and they can say the consumer experience matters. If you're just trying to get money, Mr. Realtor, you'd be very careful about that because to your point, that gets people sued. That's a class action. That's illegal. That's uncompliant. When you pick a platform that's already got it all, and then again, in that platform, offer choice, but also offer your knowledge and advice. Hey, I, these are the three lenders that generally are, have the best situations here. Um, I, I've used, um, you know, Phil Ark myself. I love Phil. He's amazing. A bunch of my clients are happy with him. I'm recommending Phil, but here are your three choices. Look anywhere you want to. Yep. That's enough. That's okay. enough to give you that. And in Titleland, you know, again, let's be honest, you've had them make record profits the last couple of years. And now you've got realtors that are like, eh, I got news for you. I think I can do this as well. And more and more as it started in the East Coast and now it's moving West. This JV model is going to continue to be more and more the tone for the larger. How many people do you and I know, Brian, that now have ownership in either a title or mortgage company that didn't have anything to do with that three to five years ago? I've got 50% of my teams are in some kind of equity arrangement now. What about you? Yeah, I would say the same. Probably 50% today. So. And it's, it's not going down. Yeah. So. And I have that right here in my own home. Right. So, <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> okay. So, the last question I want to ask you about business I know we're kind of short on time and I have a couple of personal questions for you, but you've talked a lot about this consumer experience and like Uber creating a different experience. And you brought up Tesla creating a different consumer experience. And, and now, I mean, this is a big part of my vision of the future of real estate is that everyone should have this experience where they're communicating. Well, first they have a roadmap of these are exactly the things we're going to do to close. And it's in the app that they're going to download from CSU, by the way. <laughs> but, but then I order a home warranty. And like today, I don't even know who my home warranty company is, or I have to call my agent to get it. Why not just have it sitting there in the app so that I know how to use it. And I don't call and have someone come repair it without calling a home warranty company first, because that's a huge complaint that happens all the time, right? Or my closing documents are just sitting in there, or, you know, instead of going home with this big binder of information, but it's delivering that constant experience that just takes the whole consumer experience to the next level. And now, like, how do these people compete? But I mean, that's, I've shared a little bit of my vision of this consumer experience, but what's, what's your vision? Like how, how does that get, how does that get standardized if you will? The unfortunate part is it won't get standardized because real estate is so fractured as you go across geographies and title's probably the worst one. It's not their fault. It's just different everywhere. Title is different five different ways in the state of California. Did you say title or did you say S title? Did you say a title? <laughs> right. yeah, ex exactly. Right. That's the, <laughs> therein lies the problem. And so you can't standardize it because it varies not only by state, but by county and geography. What you're going to see is the elite teams are going to have a way in which they can, to your point, Brian, say, hey, every year you're going to get, you know, a tickler about your home warranty. Every yeah. month you're going to get a 
market update of property that sold in your area like yours. You always know what your home's worth. I get a 401k statement every month. It doesn't change much. Yeah. I get a stock statement every month. It doesn't change a ton, but I still look at it every month. Why wouldn't I not get a home equity statement every month knowing what my home is? Yeah. These are things that are going to be provided, not by the mortgage company, not by the title company, but by the elite teams of real estate who understand a client for life mentality is important. There are at least, as you just outlined, Brian, eight to 15 good reasons to touch a past client every year with something of value that they would want to see period. Yeah. Right. So I think you're going to see more and more people trying to create a, a consumer experience that gives them a, I go to Amazon, I can look at my orders for the whole lifetime of my existence there. Why and not have the same in real estate? You want to reorder something, right? And like most people after five years, they don't remember who their real estate agent was. And if they, they do, don't, don't remember it five months, you certainly don't know how to get a hold of them. Right. So why not just have that in the app that they're going to download for free it's just their client app right this is this is my home purchasing app so going yeah. to become more and more you're right yeah anyway it's exciting stuff it's going to be fun to see the change steve it's really fun to talk to you because you're a visionary you're you're just like me right but you, we obviously have our own thoughts and and our own you know feelings as far as the direction but i think they're very much aligned so you've traveled all over the world. Just want to ask you a couple of personal questions. What, uh, what, what's your favorite place? Favorite place in the world? Yeah, like, well, if, if I could say, Steve, you can go anywhere you want for the next month, or where are you going to go? I'd go to Noosa in Australia. It's up uh, above the Gold Coast uh, in New South Wales. It's right on the water. It's beautiful. My wife and I vacationed there right after we were married. And absolutely stunning beaches, white sand, and and easy people and, uh, you know, Noosa, Australia. You know, I've never met a person and I've never been to Australia, sadly enough. I've been very close, but never gotten there. I've never met a person that's been to Australia that didn't just love it. In fact, we have some friends that went there a few years ago and they actually extended their trip from, they were only going to be there for like a week and they ended up being there three weeks because they loved it so much. So, Can't be there a week. It's too big. It's the landmass of the U.S. with the population of Southern California. <laughs> that's crazy. Wow. wow, that's amazing. All right. So I know we're short on time. So the last thing I would just want to ask you is like, what advice do you have for this, you know, somebody listening to the show, which, you know, that might be a team owner. It might be a solo agent. It might be a real estate brokerage. It might just be a business owner. Work very hard to never be the smartest person in the room. Have a vision that this is not going to be this good or this easy for the next three to five years. And who do you want your partners to be such that you can prepare for a dip in the market? Not an 0809, but a dip. Can your partners weather the dip because it's coming? And thirdly, strive for accountability because the ability for your team to grow is in direct proportion to your ability to grow as a leader. Okay, well said. I'm so glad I asked you that question. Uh, <laughs> all right, Steve. Hey, it's been awesome having you here today. How can people reach you if they want to uh, learn more about Rise? What's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, just Google my name and then you're going to see our reviews come up and all of our information. I'm, I'm pretty public out there. You can hit me with a DM, a text, an email. We, uh, we do a pretty good job making sure we get back to everybody. And, and again, if you're, uh, if you're trying to be best in class, we'd love to talk to you. 
your ballot because we are sold out in multiple markets. We are also open in about 40% of our markets. So we'd love to chat with you if you have an interest in being what I call a best-in-class elite team. Okay, so visit Steve or Google Steve D. Laviaga or Rise, Rise Coaching, right? Rise Consulting. If you do Rise Consulting, yeah. we'll come up. Yeah, okay. All right, Steve, thank you so much for being on the show. And to all thank of our you, listeners, thank you again for uh, catching this week's episode. And if you haven't given us a review, please go do that. That's going to help me get more quality industry visionary leaders like Steve on the show. So have a great week, everyone. Steve, thank you so much. Thanks, Brian. Appreciate you. Thank you for joining us on our podcast. If you have an interest in a free seven-day trial of Sisu, go to sisu.co, S-I-S-U dot C-O. Make sure that you use the coupon code GRIT, that's G-R-I-T, to waive all your set of fees and receive a 10% discount on your subscription. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast and want to subscribe, search GRIT, the real estate growth mindset on iTunes, Spotify, or Podbean. And with that, we'll catch you next time. Take care.